So welcome to this episode. Today we got two special guests, to be exact, <laughs> actually three. You'll find out why in a moment. So we got Jess and Sean. So Jess is an emotional health practitioner. She works with integrative processing and she's also a model for 10 years already. Sean is a healer and he also works with sound engineering with healing frequencies. They both designed an app now that has been released also to heal and balance the chakras. And they're both also plant medicine doctors. So super excited to have you guys on here. Welcome on the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. Do you want to experience the full potential of your sexual energy, deep intimacy in your relationship and how it feels like to truly be in your power as a man? Can you hear the world's desperate calling for conscious heart-centered men to rise to the occasion? Then welcome to the Heart of a King podcast where you will find the clarity, guidance, and tools that will empower you to do what it truly takes to live a life of freedom, fulfillment, and bliss. I would love to know a bit about the background, how you got into the work that you're doing now, especially also around relationships. So uh, for me, I think my sole purpose is to learn and grow in this particular area, how to have a more fulfilled life through more present relationships and creating like connection in relationships. And so I think I've had to go through like an expedited like roller coaster ride of challenges and like learning how to really do that and be true to myself and bring myself to co-create with another person and a way that you're alive for that you're you're happy and excited to be living and living a joyful life as a family unit and I got born into a family that that was a big part of our life um, I'm like the I'm the youngest of 13 kids so I have 12 siblings and I have a twin brother um, and my parents raised us together like they're all of us were from my parents I really saw a lot of my siblings relationships throughout growing up I really my brain was kind of focused on that I feel like as I like through my religion which was Mormonism or LDS at the time and that's really focused on families too and so it just became a really important focus to me in my forming of my subconscious and the way I like created my myself in the world I feel and so when I went into my adulthood I wanted to like jump into that quickly I wanted to build a life I had this vision of what I wanted I had this vision of my son Zion when I was 18 I had a vision of things that happened like really quickly in a symbolic way before he was born and I remember all these feelings I felt when I was pregnant with him of like just overwhelm and just fear and trying to in my dream I was like what's going on? I think I'm just like this little girl at this point, you know? So I felt like this was a message to me that I was going to become a mother and this was really important. And I felt this pressure of that. And then he was born and I was just like flooded with peace, like overwhelmed with joy and peace and like love. And I watched him grow in the dream. And at some point he looked me in the eyes and he said, mom, my name is Zion. And I was like, Okay, your name was Zion. And it just all felt so meaningful. It felt like so important. And so when I came out of that, I think I was like, I have to go build my life. I have to like, this is my, my purpose in life is to co-create with another person and create light and love in the world. And my son's gonna be a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And 
so I got married really quickly. I got married like two months out of high school to like the, the first adult guy that I met that felt like he was really mature and, and, you know, wanted to create good things in his life. And I on paper had this list of things that I was looking for, like a checklist of things in my reality at that time that would create, I thought a good husband. <laughs> so I wanted to create that. And I jumped into that and I found myself in this shell of like another person that I thought I was supposed to be. And underneath, I was like unveiling and blooming and expanding into a new person that I wanted, I was meant to become, but I didn't know how to merge those. I didn't know how to, so there was all this friction inside of me of like my outside world and my inner world. So I wasn't able to be true to myself and speak my truth. And that was a big issue. I didn't know how to process my pains from my life. And I realized how important it was that people were given tools to emotionally process what has happened to them in their life and be able to communicate in that relationship honestly and communicate what they need from that other person and they be able to have the freedom to do that with you too. And um, I started realizing that at this time, but I'm like 20 and I'm, I'm really young still. And I just started my first business. We had my first husband and I started a business together and we opened up to all of these, this whole new life of entrepreneurship. And I wanted to grow and I, I felt like all I've ever wanted was to really grow, but I didn't really know how to do that in a relationship. And I think a lot of, a lot of people don't know how to grow and expand in a relationship. And I felt like I really have learned a lot because I've gone through that experience of going through that, letting it go, letting go of it and creating a new relationship and seeing the same patterns up here and seeing yeah. how much rooted back in my own shadow traits and being able to like process and we create these dynamics with other people that are co-created. My experiences have taught me a lot and I, and I want to be able to have the courage to talk about those things with people and how people process their own things that cause them shame or fear to help them find their truth. So a lot of what we've created is built around this vision of helping people free themselves be true and honest with themselves and be able to communicate and show up in a relationship like that. Yeah. With that. And you can Beautiful. create whatever agreements and boundaries you need as a partnership, whatever that looks like for you as a partnership. And that was really well said. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I went my journey of after my journey of becoming an emotional health practitioner and working with the subconscious at a facility called Vitania and studying with my own, you know, research and from experts in this with like Dr. David Hawkins and Dr. Joe Dispenza, a lot of different experts in the subconscious and emotional processing um, and the chakra system. There's a lot to list, but our app has them all listed, all the books that we've, we've loved and like that have helped create this yeah. vision of pr approach to processing the self and co-creating with another person in a way that is present with love. Um, what about your, your part of the journey of getting to the place where you guys are now? Okay, yeah. Of course. I think that starts off when I was about 12. I think that's where a lot of people start processing right around the age of your reticular activating, solidifying. That's where my journey kind of started was around 12 or 13. When I was really struggling back then, I had anxiety and OCD and it was pretty bad. Actually, I remember missing school for like six months because I just couldn't deal with it. I would like do things three, six or nine times because I... I was in math one time and I was just really stressed. And I remember the teacher explaining something about mathematics with three, six, and nines. And I was just like, there's a really interesting pattern there. And my brain just lashed onto it. And so um, that would like calm me down all the time. And so after a while, I had to figure out why that was calming me down and like what it was about that, that like, you know, I was really processing. And so I started digging into meditation and the studies of neuroplasticity. I would read books on it from different 
scientists and doctors. And I would practice this program from a lady called Lucinda Bassett. And it was called From Panic to Power. And so mm. she was teaching concepts in it. It was an anxiety and depression program. But she was teaching concepts in it that were beyond its time, in my opinion. She was teaching a lot about breath work, visualization, integrating, you know, like meditation with also cognitive therapy. And so using that to, you know, process what you're actually get to the root of what you're processing. And then as I was doing meditation, I started understanding more of like what the separate bodies are. Like you have a physical experience, an emotional experience, a mental experience, and it keeps on growing upon itself. Energy work then started becoming more part of what I was doing. And so that led into more of where we are now. I really like studying a lot about Newtonian physics, who was doing robotic engineering in school. And I really like electricity. And so like Newtonian physics and how it moves into the quantum, looking at that angle of it as well, the information is also patterned in the nervous system of our chakras. And so that helps a lot when it comes to expressing the information to people. And so that's been a lot of what the app is trying to express as well, because we feel like this is a big part of the message. It's like explaining how energy flows through the nervous system in a way that people can grasp. Yeah. Gotcha. And that affects our relationship on a daily because we're always trying to align in that kind of way. Yeah. It has been like your preparation, all that, all of that was preparing you for our relationship now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you, I met you like in the same journey. And so when I met her and she was saying the same things, I was just like, I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what happens when we're aligning, you know, speaking the same yeah. and we had to go through a lot together to find our balance and we're still learning constantly. That's the funny thing. You're a fool. If you think you're done evolving, like we're ever evolving, (laughs) but every, every time it feels like we actually come back together and we can, you know, breathe again. We have that pulse of like that rhythmic connection again. And that, you know, there's a feeling that's different when you're coming back together into a union where it feels safe versus like, always being triggered not only with the entire world but with the person you love the most that constant state of panic and stress ever going for years and years and years does break down your body (laughs) Mm -hmm. it does create patterns and you know depression and, and anxiety sean and i both have been through a lot in our lives it would be easy to just stay in our old patterns and just go into these two different states of being our like lower vibrational versions of ourselves yeah. But we have to constantly just choose to process what's happening inside ourselves and take accountability for our part. Even when it's sometimes a messy process, you know, it looks different every time because you're shifting and finding, trying to find new ways to process and cope with different pains, you know, as you're evolving, as you're going through your shadow work mm-hmm. and your awakening. But yeah. you have to just know that you, you can actually come back together at some point and merge realities. Yeah. <laughs> Hear each other. <laughs> Yeah, I totally resonate with that, what you're sharing there. That brings me to the question I want to ask you guys. And that's how did you move from, like I said, the stage of evolution together, if I can call it like that, where you were still triggering each other and maybe projecting a lot onto each other or suppressing what was coming up? How did you move from that phase to this highly developed space in the journey where you come together much sooner and you stay much more conscious when you're triggered you're able to deal with it better how did you evolve into that higher vibrational way of being together what was that journey so the first thing that comes to my mind is so how i see things is often how i kind of explained it with how information moves through us because at some point 
if we're not expressing something, you know, there's a block in our energy field, right? And, you know, where is it? It can be in our throat, but it can be somewhere else too, you know? I feel like what happens is what we were doing, we were really being conscious and what we were processing in our shadows. And so if we were like, hey, you know, what we're processing is something financial or something emotional, you know? we would use those practices that we had to be able to process that information and then it made it easier to communicate. Knowing just kind of like how to pinpoint the source of a problem makes it so we're not projecting. I've really found it helpful to meditate and meditate together. And then we have these kind of downloads and awarenesses as we're meditating. Or, you know, we've practiced a lot of meditation throughout the day, like conscious meditation while you're like walking around. And like, it's become such a practice that if one of us do get triggered, the reaction is to start meditating. And so it's really helped because we've, as we've studied how information flows through us, you can kind of pinpoint where it's coming from, as I mentioned, and then just, it brings your conscious awareness to your subconscious mind. You start releasing the stress that you, you know, would otherwise just come out unconsciously. So. Got it. Yeah. So just to clarify that if someone else would want to try that. So basically you guys had the agreement already together to sit down together to speak about what you're working on and to take time to actually meditate together, right? Yeah, I would say it's been our own individual journeys of facing our own selves, facing our own shadows, and choosing intentionally that we're co-creating everything we're experiencing. And I think that choice has made it possible for us to like eventually get to the root of the issues that are triggering us on the day-to-day experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's an inner commitment to self first to just always recognize the shadows, like to process the shadows in our own self experience. <laughs> um, and so when you're seeing your partner go through their own shadows, you can reflect back at yourself at what way you're plugging in. Like whatever shadow I see in Sean, I I usually turn it back on myself and I'm like, I can see how I am also expressing that. (laughs) But sometimes Mm. it takes me weeks to do that. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes days or hours or minutes. It's just depending on whatever's surfacing in that moment. It's like, I think of it as like mining. Like when you're processing something here on a higher surface, you're getting to more clarity, but there's always like, there's deeper layers of it ever going layers. And so this entire year, I feel like we've been on this, it's like holographic. We've been on this holographic journey of, of processing our dynamic, the way we keep continually creating reality, our patterns with each other. We can't do that without doing it in our own selves first. So it's happening simultaneously as we're able to like come to awareness, like, oh, I'm definitely carrying guilt. And I can see why I keep getting triggered with anger when I speak to you about this topic or this thing or whenever this gets brought up. Like you have to recognize that your whatever is showing up in your relationship is first reflecting what's happening in your inner self. Yeah, because it's yeah. so easy to see the shadows of your partner. It's so easy to see, but it's not always the case that everybody really looks within what's their part. And why is this triggering? Them? Yes. Right. Yes. And I think understanding for me, my mom was so strong and so incredible. She's like a superwoman, but she, like my father died when I was 10 and she had to raise six children by herself. And that required her to step into this masculine energy and her balancing of so many more things, all these children still at home without her partner there. So I was really exemplified that type 
of that energy, those energy patterns. And I really repeated a lot of those in my marriages. For me to digest that and process that without projecting anger onto my mom, because she was doing the best she possibly could with what she had and what she'd gone through in her life. Yeah. I, it took a lot of, honestly, a, a lot of information and support through that. Like patterns, teaching me patterns about the subconscious and emotional dynamics, like how anger and guilt plug into each other and shame and pride plug into each other, apathy and desire and fear and grief those dynamics those different states of consciousness and what they looked like it made it easier for me to have more compassion for myself and for my partner when those were playing out in my reality and be less resentful as onto them as a being more present with their eternal being and seeing that they're in a pattern right now and we're Mm -hmm. both in this we're both showing up with a side of this and because that eliminates the need to identify with the pattern of behavior in that moment. And rather, I am a being that's vibration, energy, experiencing a pattern that's wired in because it feels like the only way to survive right now. What other ways can I operate in? What is this pattern really creating for me? Is that what I really mm. want? And yeah. being able to come together in that present moment and say, hold on. This isn't what I really want. I don't want to be fighting with you. I want to hold you. I want to connect with you. And I just have to have the courage in that moment to say that. Otherwise it's never spoken in the the moment that feels the most vulnerable. You'd get triggered and you slip up with your partner. It's part of the learning process, but you have to be able to hold each other and say, I'm sorry and see what's happening there. You have to recognize this happens for you in your inner body. When I project this energy out, this is what happens in your side of the dynamic. This is what triggers for you. And connect that to their childhood and the deeper things because then you have more compassion for them in a way that's yeah. like tangible perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tangible. Totally. You can shift your perspective and merge realities to actually understand. Yeah, and I think it's a really important point that you made also with not identifying with that trigger, with that stuff that's arising basically when we get triggered i think both is necessary to have the awareness that that's actually happening and not to just be unconsciously swept up by the wave and just cause chaos um (laughs) and to also not identify with that stuff because then we're holding on to that drama or karma or whatever is playing out there and it's also not possible to stand above it and to objectively observe it and turn it around. So I think that's really important what you shared. There are some key points already. Thank you. Thank you. That was beautifully said. Yeah, that was well said. It made me think about how we're all experiencing everything from different angles. And so the yeah. more honest we are, the more people can relate to us. Yes. You know? A lot of people yeah. think suppressing and locking your expression is the way to peace, but it's a trick. No. It's, it's a counterfeit piece. Yeah. <laughs> it's avoidance of contention, but eventually more resentment. So yeah. when you can just say it <laughs> and the other person can just hear it and process it with you, then you can get somewhere, you know, together. Yeah. Yeah. Merge realities. Totally. What would you say would be a preparation? for a transformation like this like let's say there's a couple they're conscious they want to have a conscious relationship and they do have a beautiful relationship but when things hit the fan when they trigger each other things are said that are not meant maybe people take unconscious actions that actually really harm the relationship and 
each other. What would you say is like an initial thing a couple can do to progress on this journey together? I would say consciously look for the root of the trauma. Like you could be experiencing something, like I mentioned, it could be family dynamics. Like one family is doesn't get along with the other family or something. Or it could be like communication dynamics, right? Or the way that people see differently in their spiritual beliefs you know it could be anything from that to like money and so what happens is we create realities based off of where we're actually blocking our flow consciousness and so if we're not healing our we're not constantly integrating and working with shadow work we're not going to go to the source of the trauma we're going to be repeating that trauma And we have to recognize that things that are happening now that are triggering us aren't just instantly happening. Most of our thoughts are memories, you know, it's really interesting that we have to be that way, but it's helpful to be that way because in that way, our subconscious helps us heal. And so we embody more of our pure self as our journey continues. I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Cause it, it's being able to recognize like you're going about your life and you're just like annoyed by your partner. You, just, you don't know why, but you're just annoyed by them. Like the little things are getting around the house or whatever. And you shape this idea of this person that you're sharing life with. And you start to create like this holographic projection of them. And they're going to start showing up in that. They're going to start meeting you with their own triggers and subconscious belief systems that will fulfill what you're projecting out. Realizing like how much of what you're perceiving of this other person, how much you're ex what you're expecting of this other person, they're meeting you in. Being able to recognize where that's happening, you have to identify the deeper issue you're having with your dynamic. So instead of just focusing on identifying them with a bunch of like negative characteristic traits you've made up mm -hmm. or decided, getting to the root of, I feel afraid that we're not safe in this way. Or I feel angry that this happened, this big event, this thing. <laughs> Um, being able to, like what Sean was saying, recognizing like if it's happening like in a wet area of your own self that you're having friction in with that other person. So in order to really do that, you have to be able to see your own inner pains, the root of trauma within self too. So when we're saying like get to the root of the problem, it's not only in the current reality that you need to identify that, the root of it, you have to identify the root within your inner consciousness and the root of the way you're perceiving yourself entirely and the way you see the world around you and what you think the world's expecting of you. You know, mm. so much of that is this inner belief system. I feel like a lot of my relationships that didn't come together that ended up in us separating was this inner belief of not being enough, of not being good enough and not feeling safe in the world, you know, physically or not feeling safe in the world emotionally. And being able to recognize that in myself later on and seeing those patterns in my partners and what was at the root of their patterns, behavior, helped me let go of that. I think that helped me release a lot of pain and resentment that I was still carrying in my energy field that otherwise I would have just continually kept projecting on my current partner. Yeah. Why is it so easy to take the current partner and project all our crap onto them? So everything, like it's all their fault, you know? Why is that happening so much? Good question. I would say it goes back to the reticular activating system. It's like the brain. Yeah, it's the brain. It's, it's before we're conscious, we have like a safety net almost how the conscious awareness and the subconscious work together. It creates dynamics, even down to the physical experience we have that show us what the source of the trauma is. And so... Like your filter of reality. Yeah, the reticular activating system is your filter of reality. Do you want to explain that? You're good at that. 
<laughs> so it's like you're what you have to begin to understand is that we do we live in this holographic universe and what neuroscience has shown us is that when the programming in our subconscious is this filter we continue to expect that project that out and attract operate in that state of consciousness vibration and attract that those same energies from outside of us to meet us in that vibration so much of generational trauma and understanding how it lives in the cells the memories do and those carry subconscious information patterns of thought our memories generationally that are trapped in our cells and our trauma in our actual patterns in our energy field because it's all connected to our subconscious all the layers of our energy field and our chakra system is connected to our subconscious. The subconscious is like the main computer point, you know, that you can identify the coordinates of this pattern that's playing out. And so much of that is generational trauma and soul patterns that we're, we're healing as a consciousness as we're evolving and growing. You know, that's the whole point of being in the physical realm is to evolve the consciousness so when we can identify what the subconscious is trying to communicate through these dreams and visions it helps shed light and awareness on the root of what's playing out in current reality and so we're going to just keep projecting our shit on each other until we can see the deeper root pattern in our soul that we're processing and in our generational trauma you know what we're our physical body is carrying in the cells and in the frequencies moving through because that's all what's co-creating our state of consciousness. And as long as we're resistant to accepting what's happening there already, what state of consciousness we're revisiting in or dwelling in, then we're not actually empowering ourselves to raise out of a state of force and into the higher states of consciousness, the positive energy field of power. And we remain in survival mode with whoever we co-create reality with in the lower energy field of the states of force. Dr. David Hawkins did a lot of study on the power versus force. I'll, I'll cite that now, like 40 years of research. How can someone that is, when they get triggered, they're just fully identified with it and they just cannot see that this is their own soul's journey, that is their own genetics, that their own ancestral lineage stuff. How can someone that is so identified with this experience snap out of that? How can they start to tap into that truth and to let go of the identification with the drama? Okay, this is exactly what I would recommend. When this is happening, you're totally triggered and it feels like the absolute truth of reality. I feel the first thing that you need is space. You need to hold space for yourself. Like you're giving yourself a big hug, give yourself an energetic hug. And, and sometimes you need to create this boundary of space so you can get to what's happening instead of you instead of feeling all of the constant stimulation from the other being that's triggered around you because their energy field is radiating a lot of energy and that's constantly in reaction mode with one another with your energy field. So when you give yourself space, if that's going to the bathroom, then do that. If that's hiding in your closet for a few minutes, that's fine. You just need to go. If that's going outside in nature and getting out under the trees, that's even better. (laughs) But ultimately, like, give yourself a moment to disengage. So ultimately, like, this is a time to, like, disengage from the dynamic energetically. And then just feel what's happening in your own energy field. And a way to do that is to close your eyes 
just release that stimulation of the physical world around you and just connect to your own breath. And as you inhale, let that inhale of oxygen be awareness as it moves down your body into every cell, bringing light and awareness to that part of yourself, that part of your body as you bring in that air. And then a really powerful way to release energy when you identify where it's in your body, visualize it moving up the prana tube, the energy tube along your spine. And if you can just see it moving up your body to the top of your head and hold your breath at the top. So squeezing your abs and pelvic muscles, this is prana breath work. When you hold the breath, um, you're engaging actual physical muscles and you're physically, mechanically, and energetically stimulating the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is like your antenna to the other dimensions, to your higher vibrational self. It's like your antenna to the non-physical world. So when you're really triggered, you're losing that connection. That's friction in your energy field instead. It's hard to get information to come through clearly. So as you're doing this breath work, it can help just opening up visuals. So you can imagine more, you can see more in your inner eye and in your mind. So squeezing your abs and pelvic muscles until it feels like it's like about to burst and then release and relax your body and visualize that energy coming out the top of your head and leaving your body, getting out of your energy field. You're seeing that energy, that's friction inside of your body coming up and out of your body now. You're seeing it now outside of you, separate from you, so you can observe it. And you may see that energy come out in black tar or slime, or you may see a visual or flash of fire. You may see ice or yourself frozen. Whatever you're seeing, that holds information. And even you simply holding space for yourself to observe what that information is, is so powerful. Even if you don't analyze it or anything, you don't want to really go into analysis. You just want to let it be. You want to just give space for that energy to move through you. Otherwise it's stuck. It's stuck and blocked in your energy field. If it's coming up in those visuals, it's already moving through. And this is a really powerful way to not identify with it. When this is happening, when you're present enough with your own energy field for a moment, you can actually allow the movement of energy and you should definitely let yourself cry. Like whatever's coming up, let yourself release that this is the time to let yourself cry <laughs> and, and that that's like, it's, it's okay. It doesn't mean anything bad about you. There's so much conditioning around fear of letting yourself cry or that it's not good to cry. And, and I think that's something I really hope to help empower our next generations is to like release and express emotion, release it physically. Even that's that water is holding vibrations. And so when you are actually like moving that energy physically, I think it really does affect what is happening energetically in your body. Totally. So, yeah. And in, in that space you've created now for yourself, you can identify what I'm actually triggered about. Like, what am I really upset about? And what am I feeling? Because you may just be like, ah, I don't know. I'm just a bratty teenager, I guess. That's just my identity. And I just, that's why I'm acting this way. But that's not the truth. You're actually a wonderful person. You're an amazing being that's experiencing anger right now or, or stress or fear. What are you feeling afraid of? Being able to recognize what's actually happening in that moment in yourself that you don't feel like you're able to express your true self or wherever 
if you're an adult in your in a marriage, you don't feel safe to express yourself in that relationship because you feel like they have a decision already about your life, about who you can be. Start recognizing what you've assumed and what's actually been communicated with your relationship and, and with whoever you're co-creating life with. When we can get to the root of what we're feeling, the emotion we're really feeling, the core thought that's really there. So recognizing like, I feel really unsafe financially, then recognizing deeper, I don't feel like I can provide the income that I need. I'm not capable of doing that. Or whatever belief you have there, getting to the belief that's there helps shed light and information on the deeper pain and the root of it. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Make sure to follow the podcast and turn on your notifications so you won't miss out on the second part of this interview where Jess and Sean share a lot more amazing content on this topic. 